0: Let's talk about the new era. If you have your Bibles, open them somewhere. So a new era starts with Jesus. Every new era starts with Jesus. And I'm a history of revival and of reformation, history buff. And it all starts with the major point is not just what the outcome of the revival was or the outcome of the reformation But it all really begins with a face of Jesus, the bridegroom, the king, the judge, whatever way he wants to show himself is the launch of that new era. And so when Jesus began his ministry, he ushered in a whole new era of the kingdom. And one of his most often quoted statements was, you've heard it said, but now I say to you. Jesus was about to build on something that had been laid for him by the apostles uh, or the prophets of old, the men and women of God of old, all the things that God had already rolled out in time. Now, Jesus was finding himself in a now moment. And so you've got a past and you've got a future. And your now is when your past and your future meet. When your past and your future kiss, this is your now moment. And Jesus is now walking in that now moment. But we got to go back to when he was first launched, if you will, or when the era was first launched. God has strategies for releasing power from on high and a new kingdom that might make people misunderstand if they didn't have revelation from the king. This is actually what a son and a daughter should feel like. They should feel like we have the privilege of reaching further than the last generation. That's what Jesus was walking in. I've I've got the privilege to build now and take to the next level the generations that have gone before me. And a slave doesn't know generational legacy like that. A slave just walks to the beat of their own drum, so to speak, and doesn't know that they're drinking from a well that they didn't dig and they're imparting something that was laid for them before. And that's why you can tell slaves sort of walk in in an arrogance that's edgy because they've got to make up their own definition for themselves because one hasn't been given to them in the nucleus of who they are. God's about to change all that. God's about to release sons and daughters that all creation has been groaning for. Can you say amen to that? Suddenly angels are partnering with shepherds on a whole new level as the kingdom of God is being birthed and something the world has never seen is now being born. I want to say that. I want to prophesy that to you. Something the world has never seen is now being born. The baby is in the manger and God is sending His angels to the faithful to proclaim something great has been born. Something new has been born. Something that we've been watching for, the prophets have been prophesying about, has been born. Notice it begins with a very human response. The Bible says that the shepherds were terrified. You ever feel like your assignment's bigger than you? Ever feel terrified? OMG. God's called you to something that requires the supernatural, and it's got to be way bigger than you. It's got to put some holy, reverent fear inside of you to say, Lord, I don't want a gospel without power. I don't want to bring in this new era with something that I can do in my own strength. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of the last season and just being limited to what I can do being, uh, and judging myself by what I haven't done. Filtering my last season through shame and guilt. And it's like the enemy has taken the microphone in our lives and turned up the volume. I bring a brand new era in the city of David. Not just anywhere. I bring it to faithful people who've been watching over their flock at night. I birthed something brand new, bigger than what they thought, different than what they thought. It came in a different way than what they thought, but my promise was true nonetheless. I arranged some of the circumstances. Can you flow with me? But I did it in the city of David because I know where to birth things, and that's in an atmosphere of thank you. That's in an atmosphere of praise. Can you imagine? Of all the places on the planet, I want to go where David worshipped me. I want to go at the place that could only be called the city of David. Because that place is the best incubator to birth something new. In the atmosphere of worship. And again, the atmosphere of worship in your own life breeds and anything-is-possible atmosphere in your heart, doesn't it? Suddenly, verse 13, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, verse 14, glory to God in the highest. Let's, let's stop right there. Glory to God in the highest heavens. What God is doing right now and what he's releasing on the planet is coming from the highest heavens. It's not coming from man. It's not coming from your own prowess. It's not coming even from our own efforts of the past. It's coming from the highest of heavens. Can you imagine the ability to announce what God is doing is coming from the highest of heavens? I say to you, the angel said, glory to God in the highest heavens. I think you'd freak out too if an angel just showed up right here and said, I come from the highest of heavens. Glory to God. The one who sits above the circle of the earth. I'm telling you, the angelic is about to happen on scales like we've never known before. The one who announces because the church needs to know we're not alone. What does peace mean? Authority over chaos. It comes from the word shalom. Peace. On whom his favor rests. In other words, I'm granting in this new era for those who have found a place of praise, those who've been faithful, the angelic is coming to partner with you and you will walk in authority over chaos on those on whom his favor rests. I'm about to make those on whom my favor rests shine. Aaron's rod is about to bud. Can you say amen? peace authority over chaos on those on whom his favor rests what does that look like in the new era what does it look like for those who have such peace in other words wherever they go there's authority over chaos. They're actually bringing peace. Jesus said in John 17, my peace I leave with you right, right before he left. Not as the world gives, but I have a different peace. And it's authority over chaos. It's found in the word shalom, which means authority over chaos. Those on whom his favor rests will have and display authority over chaos wherever they go. If there's anything out of order, not out of earthly order, but out of the kingdom order on earth. Now, 1 John 4 18 says that there's no fear in love, right? But perfect love drives out all fear because fear involves punishment. He's been talking to me about the different kinds of love lately because he's about to release love on a new scale. And I just want to remind you, there's two main words for love in scripture. The first one is agapeo. And another one that I want to highlight is phileo, love. And I want to define the difference, but there's no fear in love. That word there for love is agapeo. Because love, or perfected love, or matured love is what it really means, drives out all fear. Because fear involves punishment. Oh, really? If I'm walking in fear, the Bible is saying that the root of that is, I'm kind of waiting because I don't know that I'm a son and a daughter, and I feel like I'm on the backhand of the Lord. I don't feel like a son or a daughter, and I feel like he's going to punish me. And what's more evident to me than I'm a son or a daughter are the things I've done to disqualify myself.